continuing on the gifts of the Spirit, um, we've been camping on um, 1 Corinthians 12, and tonight we'll be in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, and Acts chapter 16. Uh, and we're going to talk about prophecy. And let's just go ahead and simplify this, because this church believes in prophecy. This church believes in prophecy. We have a prophecy mic tonight. Michael manned the prophecy mic. Why do we have that? Because we know who our God is. We know who is an awesome Father who speaks to His children. We know that the Holy Spirit is constantly guiding us into the truth of our Lord and Savior, our victorious King, Jesus Christ. And so we, we prophesy. So what is prophecy? Let's just simplify it. I'll walk away from my, my notes. Prophecy is representing the heart and the words of the Father in several ways. That's what prophecy is. Sometimes prophecy speaks of things for the future. Sometimes. Sometimes prophecy is just edification and encouragement. But the pr- prophecy is always our conveying what the Father is speaking. Why is prophecy always encouraging? Why is prophecy always edifying to the saints? Why? Because it's coming from our Father. You will look in the Word, and especially in the Old Testament, and you will see prophecy that is not very edifying, and it's not very encouraging, and it's, it doesn't seem very loving. But if you look at the audience of who it was spoken to, it's spoken to those in rebellion, and it's spoken to those who are lost, who are in need of something to get their attention, to focus on God, so that they can experience salvation. When we look in the Word of God and we see prophecy, when He speaks to His bride... He speaks to his bride. Lord gives you a word and you're like, Lord, I don't know if that's from you, Lord God. It's just it's just too encouraging. It's just too loving. Lord God, it does it does no speaking of the future at all. Are you thinking the bride doesn't want to do that? The bridegroom doesn't want to do that to his bride? Sometimes the bridegroom just wants to say, I love you. You're mine. You're awesome. I've got a plan for you. Trust me. The words that came forth to today, the scripture that, that Christine came up here with, the word that the Lord gave me, what the Lord gave Melody, that was prophetic. And none of it spoke of the future. But sometimes the prophetic does speak of the future. But the prophetic is not just Christian fortune telling. Okay? But it does include elements of speaking to the things that are yet to come. It does include that. But a lot of times we hold back from bringing the prophetic because we think, well, this has nothing to do with the future. I'm not speaking anything forth. Friends, we can speak forth the heart of the Father in every prophetic word we give. 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may what? Prophesy. That's 1 Corinthians 14.1. 1 Corinthians 14. 31, Paul says the same thing. He says, for you all can what? Prophesy. Hold on a second. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit gives according to His will for any particular moment. And now Paul's saying, you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. So that all may learn and be encouraged. Every one of you can prophesy so that all may learn and be encouraged 
encouraged. Friends, I think that prophecy is one of the gifts of the Spirit that everyone has. Everyone has it. Everyone can prophesy. Now, not everyone's going to have that thing where they see what the future holds. That, 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 that aspect of prophecy, that might not be manifest in everybody. Maybe it is. I don't know. But every single person can represent the Father and reflect the things that He has speaking to His church and speak it forth. But not just to His church. Once again, guys, don't pinch babies. Don't pinch babies. That's not what this church is all about. We don't, we're not a baby pinching church, okay? Prophecy is designed by God, friends. God designed prophecy. This isn't man's creation. This is the result of a spiritual gift and it's designed to strengthen the church, encourage the church, comfort the church, build up the church. Read 1 Corinthians 14. Read it and, and tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that's not exactly what it says. But if we look at verse 24 and 25 of 1 Corinthians 14, we see that it's not just for the church. We see that when the unbeliever experiences the prophetic, the result is they see the power of God and they are saved. Friends, we should never be embarrassed of this prophecy, Mike. And we should never be embarrassed that we're a church who gives room to the Holy Spirit to speak. Because if someone walks through this room who doesn't know what this is and who thinks prophecy, they're weird. You know, we're weird for many reasons. Golly gee, we're weird for many reasons. But prophecy is not one of them. Conveying the heart of the Father is... That's not one of the reasons why we're weird, friends. And when people who come in who don't know the Lord and they experience this, especially if they get a prophetic word and the Lord is like speaking to the secrets of their heart, which is what this passage talks about, they know He is real and they know that He is personal. That He's not a religious icon. That He is real and personal. Friends, remember this when we prophesy. We are speaking on behalf of the bridegroom. We are speaking on behalf of the king. We are speaking on behalf of the most loving and perfect of fathers. And even use that in, your, in the way you convey it. God spoke a word to me one time when I was in Tulsa. Before I moved out to Colorado, I'm like, Lord, where's my wife? I want my wife. Lord, I want my wife. Why haven't you brought her to me? And the Lord spoke as clear as day to me. He goes, you need to grow up. You don't deserve her. And I, I shared that with some people. They're like, oh, God would never say that. And I'm like, really? A loving father would ne- never tell his child, you need to grow up, son. Daughter, you need to grow up. I've got good things for you, but your immaturity is preventing me from giving it to you. A loving father would never say that? Of course he would. But just keep in mind that when we're bringing words forth, does this line up with the heart of the father? And does this line up with the Word of God? And friends, there's one thing that we absolutely must do to know if this lines up with the heart of the Father and if this lines up with the Word of God. And that's we got to spend time with Him. When I spend time with you, I can speak for you. I know your tendencies. I know your styles. I know your passions. When I spend time with you, I can speak for you. I go, oh, I, I, I know what Brandon would say. Brandon would say this. I just know. How do you know that? Because I spend time with him. I know his heart. I don't know how he's going to do that, but I know that what he wants to see done, that's prophecy, friends. Let's not overcomplicate it. We're speaking on behalf of the Lord. 
Look at Zacharias in Luke chapter 1. We're not going to go there. But look at Zacharias and look at how he prophesies. Look at how he starts off in, in 67 through 79. Uh, no, it's 67 and 69 through 69. It's all encouraging. The Lord has done this. This is who the Lord is. This is what the Lord has done. It starts with just encouragement, just edification. And then he starts speaking about, but this is who this child is going to be. This is who this child is. And this is what he's going to do. And then he begins speaking of things. There's lots of patterns for, for how we're supposed to follow this, guys. And they're all, if we do knowing that we're representing the heart of the Father, they're all good. Discerning the spirits. Discerning of spirits. Discerning the spirits is all about truth. It is all about truth. It's all about the Lord speaking because he wants truth to be known. He wants to know if this spirit is coming from the enemy, if this spirit is totally of the Lord, or if this is just part of a human spirit and the, and the human implementation of power. That's what discernment is, is to know the truth. It's a spiritual gift that gives Christians insight into the supernatural world so that we can discern where this is coming from. The word discernment is from the Greek word diakrisis, meaning a thorough judging, a distinguishing, a discerning. A clear discerning. God wants us to walk in clarity of, of, of knowing who he is. But once again, friends, if we, if we have this gift, it is very hard to operate in this gift if we do not spend time with the Lord. It is very hard. You might have this gift, but if we don't spend time with the Lord and we don't know the heart of the Father, this is one of those gifts that might be difficult to know. Why? Because we're emotional beings. It's like, oh, clearly that's the Lord. Listen to how kind she said that. Clearly it's God. Or clearly it's not God. He had a scowl on his face. But when we spend time with the Lord and we're listening and we're like, Lord, just speak to me, Lord. And he makes things clear. It's about clarity. It's about truth. It also means it's the ability to recognize from what source any spiritual manifestation comes from. That's important, guys. That's important, guys. Just because someone says revival's broken out in the land doesn't mean revival's broken out in the land. We've got to use discernment. There was a, a, a pastor that, not a pastor, he was an evangelist that stood up and said he saw an angel. The angel said that you no longer have to be talking about Jesus because everyone knows who Jesus is. God says he wants you to start talking about angels because no one knows that angels are among us. And there were apostles and prophets on the stage and no one corrected that dude. And people passed it off as truth. They didn't discern. And that's an obvious one, friends. Wait a second. This angel, this angel, not this demon, this angel said to stop talking about Jesus because everyone knows who Jesus is. Friends, you know what happens when everyone knows who Jesus is? You know what the Word of God says happens when everyone knows who Jesus is? Second coming, baby! Second coming! So clearly, you go, well, that doesn't line up with Scripture, and it also doesn't line up with the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father sent the Holy Spirit so that He could guide everyone into the truth of who His Son was, and He didn't put an end to that. So let me ask a couple questions regarding discerning the spirits. Please don't answer. You can think about your answer, but please don't answer. Number one, would God prevent you 
Would God stop you from going to a place where your intent on going to that place was to tell him about Jesus? So that's question number one. Would God prevent you from going to a place to tell them about Jesus? My second question, is it God, if you have a dream about one thing, but when the manifestation of that comes, it's the exact opposite? Okay? And number three, could the enemy, could Satan ever be behind something if the way of salvation is being proclaimed? If the salvation of Jesus Christ is being proclaimed, could the enemy ever be behind that? Okay, so those are my three questions. We're going to get to them in a minute. Everyone know what 1 Corinthians 13 is known as? What's it known as? The love chapter. Well, it's also known as that. I mean, it's like known as the wedding chapter. But you know, yeah, it's the love chapter too. 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter, and we love to use it for weddings. Do you ever wonder how a phrase is coined? It, it's coined because sometimes it just it just someone starts it, and we're starting we're starting something tonight. We are coining a phrase tonight here in Erie, Colorado, Colorado, on the corner of Briggs and Moffat. We are coining a phrase. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. From hence forward, Acts chapter 16 will be known as the discerning of spirits chapter. It's not as catchy as the love chapter. It probably won't be as big a hit as weddings either. It probably won't. I don't know, but I'm next wedding. I'm throwing it in there, baby. Let's look at these questions that I answered, and let's look at Acts chapter 16 where we see the answers. Acts chapter 16, verse 6. And they went, and they, it's Paul and Silas and Timothy, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Who, who forbade them speaking the word of God? The Holy Spirit. And when they had come to Mysia, okay, so they tried to get into Asia, and the Holy Spirit forbade it. So what did they do? They go to Mysia. They attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, Immediately, we sought to go on to Macedonia, including concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Would God prevent you or stop you from going to a place to tell them about Jesus? Yes. Friends, discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. How many of us in this situation would have said, Satan, I rebuke you, you foul demon that prevents me from going into Asia. I rebuke you. Right? We go, that was, that was clearly the enemy. Clearly the enemy. And the Holy Spirit's going, it's clearly me. The Spirit of Jesus going, it's me too. But when we know the heart of the Father, closed door, we keep on going, closed door, keep on going, closed door, keep on going. Why? Because we know the heart of the Father. And, and when, we're, when we're close with the Lord and we spend time with Him, we can discern the truth about whether that's the enemy or God or just or just the flesh. Next verse, verse 11. 
So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi. To Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days, and on the Sabbath, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside this, the gates to the riverside, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshipper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful, if you have discerned me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Is it God if you have a dream of one thing, but when you experience it, it's the total opposite? Clearly. What was Paul's dream? A man from Macedonia. When he got to Macedonia, what what did he experience? Women. Women. But where did he experience these women? In a major part of Macedonia. So perhaps that man, I'm just this isn't what the word says. I'm just kind of you know Perhaps that man represents influence. And God led them to the most influential part of Macedonia, to Philippi. Philippi. Philippians. A church was established in Philippi, a major port city, a major entryway into Macedonia. A major church was established, a place of influence that impacted the nations. Once again, the need for discerning of spirits. But Lord, I saw a man. Lord, I saw a man. Where is that man? Discerning of spirits. Being able to say, Lord, I, I know what you showed me, Lord, but, but bring clarity to this. And then letting the Lord speak. Next verse, verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out. What did she cry out? These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. What does Paul do? He tolerates it for a while. Then he gets annoyed, and then he casts the demon out of her, and then her owners get very upset, and he gets thrown into prison. So here we have this woman proclaiming the way of Jesus. These are men of God proclaiming the way of salvation. Friends, just because something's being proclaimed doesn't mean it's God. That's why we need discernment. Discernment. When we get thrown into prison, which Paul did, which Paul and Silas and Timothy did, when you get thrown into prison, that is a result of casting out demons. I don't know how common it is, but I mean, it happens here. And you get bound in shackles. Don't think it's necessarily an attack of the enemy. When there's an earthquake that takes place, we're still in Acts chapter 16, because after all, this is the discerning of the spirits chapter. And when an earthquake happens where everyone in the place, their shackles come off, don't assume you're supposed to leave. 
Don't assume that's the liberation of God. This earthquake came to set us free. The Lord's like, no, the earthquake came to set you free for you to stay. Because I want that jailer to be saved. I want that jailer's family to be saved. Stay where you are. Discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. Friends, for us to flow in this gift, and once again, I'm, I'm certain of this, we can all flow in this gift. How? We draw close to God. What does the word say happens when we draw close to God? What happens when we draw close to God? He draws near to us. He draws close to us. If you want to flow in this gift of discernment, learn His voice. The word says that. My sheep know me. They know my voice. Know His voice. Know His heart. Know His word. I probably could have made this a really short sermon by saying, know His heart, know His voice, know His word. You want to flow in prophecy? Know His heart, know His voice, know His word. You want to flow in the gift of the discerning of the spirits? Know His heart, know His voice, know His word. Know that God's not schizophrenic. He's not going to contradict Himself. Who could we... Who could we reach with these gifts? I know I want to be reached with these gifts. I know I want to be touched with these gifts. I know that as a part of this body, I want to, be, I want to benefit from these gifts. I want to benefit from you flowing in this gift. I want to be reached by this. And I know that I want to reach others with this gift. And what an amazing solution. What's my solution to being able to flow in this gift? Draw close to God. Dad, looks awful good. Is this you? It's not you. It look, it kind of looks like you. But hold on. It, yeah, you're right. It doesn't sound like you. Okay, I'm going to trust you. Lord, thank you for liberating me. Thank you for setting these chains. You want me to what? You want me to stay. Why? I didn't even think about that, Jailer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting me be part of this plan. Or let others hear about this someday, Lord, so that I can be part of this story, Lord. Let others hear about this, Lord, so that they will know that I knew my Father's voice enough to stay in a jail cell even when the chains were loosed. Lord, I ask you to get this word out. Friends, don't we want to be a part of stories like this? Stories of faithfulness that we just obeyed the Lord and we just drew close to him. The gifts are big. The gifts are huge. They're all for the purpose of establishing Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen.